Let's get into it. Are you ready? Um, gonna get into it. Yeah. It's it's bass day. Oh yeah. Bringing you all the bass sounds, whether you like it or not. Are um, you all about that bass? I hate her. Yeah. I hate Megan Trainer. I think that song is a disaster. That that song holds a special place only in my heart because of the fact it's the first song that my father ever shook his butt in front of me. Interesting. Yeah. I um, don't know why, but it was uh I I roasted it him on it later for Father's Day. That song's all about how uh it's about not body shaming larger women, but it body shames smaller women. Have you ever listened to the lyrics? A little bit, but most of the time I was all about just the bass, like well, the actual bass, bass, not what she was talking about. Right, not but buts. The, but I appreciated the musicality of the bass and not the lyrical version. I think she's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is David Andrew Laws. Welcome to Dress for the Podcast You Want. It's a podcast about success, Hey, which I mean, I guess objectively Megan Trainer has, but let's get her on here. She's still in training. Oh, oh snap! I will only be doing that one once. Speaking of Megan, there's no Megan Greener today. No co-host. Aww. I'm sorry. That's okay. I know. I figured you would. She was that on out. Greener Pastures. What oh, is happening I right stop now? This. Who are you? I need to drink more. This is our guest today, Andy McCain. Yes. Hello. Or Andy Mack. Yes. Or as you know, as my friend Alex Mack. <laughs> Alex Mack. Yes. Or you just a man of many. There's names. also there was a Disney show, Andy Mack, with. A wa- uh, I at the end, A N D I. Was it there? Only lasted like three seasons. What? When? It was like a Disney Channel show. It was a Disney Channel show, Andy and everyone was wondering Mac. if I was going to be starring in the show. Oh, did you? No. What's it about? Um, Is it like Alex Mack, where she turns into? I goo? wish it was like a Capri Sun goo. Oh, now. this looks yeah, right. Interesting. It's Very got good ratings though. But she's got the uh, the K at the end. I don't do a K. Andy Mack. <laughs> Okay, this looks objectively outside of our demographics. So a little bit, a little bit. I don't submit for those types of roles. Um, <laughs> and now it's back to Andy McCain's website. I can't believe it. This you said there was a story about all of that. Oh, yeah. So uh, in high school, my senior year, actually, um, the choreographer, we were doing a production of Hello, Dolly. And during the like final dance callback, mm-hmm. he was taking attendance. And his name is Carl Miller. He's a uh, a Milwaukee actor and choreographer. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Um, and he was doing roll call, and it got to, like, around the M's. And I was anticipating to hear, like, my last name, McCain. Mm, McCain. And then he goes, Andy Mack. And I was like, is that that's me? Is that me? Is that me? I'm going to raise my hand. He goes, ah, there you are. And I was like. Great. And then it just stuck. Like Interesting. People just started calling me Andy Mac. But my my mom, who was my drama teacher in high school, she goes by Mac. Oh. Yeah. And so just like referring to me in that sense. That's also Mac. Yeah. But I was junior. known as Baby Mac. In oh, that's good too. Why don't you go which, by Baby Mac? Well, that was my AM for, that was my AIM name. Your AIM name. Baby Mac yes. 47 because 46 of those names were already taken. It happens to the best of us. It does. Um, that's cool. That's yeah. very superhero origin-y, yeah, I guess. I liked it a lot. So I actually had on my resume for a long time, it could have been on the resume that I 
when we did Mary Wise. I think so. I could have had that. But it's Andy Ma- Andy McCain, and then under it in quotes is Andy Mack. Uh, and I don't know, through like enough casting director workshops, you are like told you have to grow out of like whatever things that you may find funny. Time but to put like, away childish things. Yes. Um, Has that been told to you? Uh, not necessarily that note, but like maybe in a passive aggressive way, I discovered it from them. So Aww. I got rid of it and I put AEA instead. So that fuck them. I, no, I, I, man, I can't wait until someday I'm famous enough that I can submit like a headshot of me, like uh, doing this. Well, this is gonna mean nothing to a podcast audience, which is being like, <laughs> like just having a dumb <laughs> face. You get the Nathan Lane thing where you're always just touching your glasses. Always. Is that what he do? He does. And it, it works obviously flawlessly. Well, that's the thing, right? Anybody like somebody like like um, fucking Steve Martin, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Could send in a headshot of like someone else. Steve Martin could submit a headshot of like Bernie Mac and be like, "That's what I look like." That's what I look like. That's, that's not what he looks like. No, though. he's he's got platinum hair. He's a great dude. Did great. Uh, Picasso at the Lapina Gil, one of my favorite. God places. bless you. <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, featured roles that I ever did. I did Schmendeman oh. in that show, which you know that's a fun name. Like a snake salesman, I was uh, all about that uh, business. Oh. Hey, see, it's Schmendeman, Charles Dabanow Schmendeman. Um, Andy, David. There's so much to talk about. Yes, let's talk. But the first thing is this: Do you consider yourself a successful person? Yes. Very immediate answer. Well, my main response to being a successful person is still being alive. Okay, great. Check. Like, check. Alive. Your heartbeat. <laughs> you Good. still didn't check on it, though. I feel like you might have, like, touched your wrist. Wait, wait, right? wait. Yep. Nope. Yep. Oh, that's where... Do you, do you ever do that thing where you, like, discover where all the different pulses are on your body? Yeah. Or, like, just in case somebody else, you know, you can check their pulse? Yeah. So there's, like, right down by the base of the ankle. Mm-hmm. On the wrist. Uh-huh. Under the, like, jawline right here. Uh-huh. And then and the wiener. Oh, I was gonna say the temple, but yeah. Oh we, yeah, I like that things, one too. I like things. the temple one. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, so you're alive. I'm alive. What else? Um, is successful about you? Well, you know what's so funny about being an actor, is which that you are. We haven't introduced yes. you properly. And he's uh, an actor. I'm an actor. Um, just got back from Turkey. Just got back from Turkey. Yeah. Oh my god. We'll oh talk god. about it. We have we'll so much to talk about. So much to talk about. But the fun thing about being an actor. Fun thing about being an actor is people always give you that. Oh, you're still you're still doing it. You're still getting work. It's like. It's like, oh, yeah, so you went to medical school for eight years. Are you still at that same school? No, it's like, oh, you haven't decided to do a more, you know, salaried job, a more nine to whatever job and whatnot. And it's like, no, I, it's, it's full time as much as I can make it full time. But I also, you know, have to do survival things that are and I keep all my survival jobs easy and stress free. Great. So I'm a babysitter. I'm a dog. Oh, walker, yeah. Very easy and stress free. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Well, I always choose like the ones where I don't have to baby them. Babies and dogs both need you to make sure they don't die. True. And I carry those out successfully. Okay. Because um, so no one has died on my watch. <laughs> I almost died yesterday on my own watch, but I wasn't wearing my own watch. So Ooh. much knocking on wood. Doesn't that sound <laughs> yeah. fun? Knocking on, knocking on. Um, yeah, you got hit by a car yesterday, which is weird because you're a big guy. I'm a big guy. You- and the thing is, it was broad daylight. You know, it wasn't like... <laughs> Twilight or anything like that. Was it a fancy enough car? It was like a black SUV with tinted windows. You should have fallen down. I that's the thing. I realized that I could have like acted really, really hurt and yeah. then maybe scored like fifty bucks off this dude. Very football. Like, 
We don't have to get the cops involved. We don't have to like, you know, file any like police report and what just like slip me a fit. What what you got in your wallet? And that's like the kindest way to rob somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I um uh, other had some than choice words for a student loan department. Oh shit. God. I went there. Hot take. Oh man, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> Love it. Um Do you wanna do you wanna have a have a have a drink right now? Man, we Let's I'm gonna take this. a picture of how enormous these look at these wicked these, it's wicked, wicked big. Yes, it's Red's wicked apple, and it literally just tastes like. I think it should say like ninety-two percent sugar after it says eight percent alcohol volume. It really is. It just it's apple. so much sugar. It's. it's I also like. I realized oh, I don't drink pint. before noon, but we made this afternoon, so yep. we do day drinking. Bro. Yeah, that's my job is to drink now. Man, I. <laughs> that's right, drunk had... Shakespeare, dude. I'm I'm so proud of you. Thank you. But also, like doing Shakespeare drunk. How do you... you never done Shakespeare drunk? I mean, I've been only high for one show in my life. No, I don't mean a show, but you never like been at a bar and been like... First of all, that's terrible. You shouldn't <laughs> do that. You're a bad person. Well, it was a murder mystery, too, so you really think you're going to die in those things. Oh, look. Everyone thinks I killed him. Everybody maybe, knows me. Maybe I did kill him. But it wasn't me. Did somebody really die? Oh, also a great song. What? It, it wasn't, wasn't me? me? Another good song. Um, with bad implications. Um, Truth. Uh, you know, like been at a bar and somebody been like, "Do some Shakespeare." And you've like been drunk and been like, t- t- four score and seven years ago." And they're like, no, <laughs> and "You're not. just like Gettysburg." Yeah, no. goodness. Um, no, I first of all, I don't go to bars that often because simply it's impossible to have a conversation with someone just because there's TVs. Yep. There's music. Yep. There's karaoke often included with that music. You're going to some bad bars. Well, yeah, it's like all of like go to the Dead Poet, baby. Is Brought that, to you by the Dead Poet. I love that bar. Do they have? Are there? Tell me, there's at least a couple dead poets buried in those walls. Well, they have drinks that are all themed on dead poets. On dead poets, and uh, and they've got like quotes all over the wall, and like their official beer is Guinness, and like man, I'm so this apple is making me really burpy. <laughs> um, the reason I I'll go get there, there, I'll get there so frequently, is that. If you share a birthday with a dead poet, you drink for free on your birthday. Mm. And I share a birthday with Henrik Ibsen. H- Henry. Henrik. Oh, Henrik. I thought Ibsen. There was, I thought there was like some subtle middle initial that you were. Henry doing. K. Ibsen. Oh, I yes. assume it's not Henrik. I assume it's like Henrik or something. Henrik. But Ibsen. You know that guy. <laughs> oh, good old Ibsen. Um, I love that bar, and it's not quiet. I've All bars that have sure. people in them are noisy. By right. virtue of people, but let's get you some better bars. Yeah, but of course. you know it's it's uh, it's a, it's a ton of fun. So when in in your mindset, let's get into your actor's mindset while you're drunk and you've already you you know the lines, all mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. Are you do you have liberties to improv at all, or do you have to stick? To so them? much. Okay. I would say the show is. 40% improvised. And are you doing like that improvised Shakespeare vernacular as well? No, no. You're it's like, no, it's no, it's nothing dropping like that. Dropping the heightened language for a bit and then improv it and then going back. Yeah, right. Okay. We'll drop in modern references or we'll, sure. uh, you know, riff on things that the audience are doing or like explain what's going on. Gotcha. Um, but, but I mean, I could probably improvise some Shakespeare. I bet if you I could. fucking if I wanted to, if you do it, you got it, man. You could do it. It's easy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You just know it's like you go in in any rehearsal process. You're always like, all right, I got to be cold off book. I got to be able to do this right. under any circumstances, and you never do because there's never enough time. And you're just like, oh, fuck, like 
I'm just barely off book and I'm gonna go up on a line someday. But with Drunk Shakespeare, you fucking have to because right. uh, you're gonna be drunk. And I tested it beforehand. I got off book and like got drunk and ran my lines and was like, ah. all right, good, cool, yeah, cool, cool. I can this. do it. Um, it, which is just nothing compared to like being drunk and having an audience and having an audience like interacting with you. Like mm. we had some real assholes last night. Oh no! Oh my! For the first time, I've done a hundred and something performances of the show, and I had my first experience with some real assholes, like a heckler asshole. Yeah. Oh no! Who I think I think they just to their credit, uh, fuck them. I think I think they just thought. They were at a different kind of show. There are, I would say, eighty percent of the audience doesn't know what to expect right. from Drunk Shakespeare, and so I think they just thought it was going to be like I thought. They th- I think they thought it was appropriate. I don't know if, I mean, like, maybe not. Maybe they were like, "I'm drunk. Watch this. I'm going to be a mean." Oh. But maybe they were like, "I'm funny too." Oh yeah, there are those. Yeah, because right? often comedians deal with that. I was really upset that they left. Uh, about halfway through, because I had a moment in the play where I really wanted to give it back to them, and I had some very good things to say, but they left. I don't understand. This is the one thing that has confused me most of my life. When you pay for something, an experience, Uh your time then gets into the balance of, do I continue with this experience and and enjoy my time, or do I say, no, what's happening in front of me is wasting my time, and I need to leave halfway so I can go do something else. That's a sunken cost fallacy, though. Just because you paid for it doesn't mean you should do it, right? Like, if it is going to be a waste of time, and if they were bored and they weren't getting the experience that they wanted, then fine, I'm glad they left. Man, I'm just really glad that, I, I don't know if it's like, more of an open mind setting, but like I've never, I've never left halfway through a movie. I've never left halfway through a show, even a crappy like off, 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 off Broadway or like whatever new experimental work is happening before me. If I paid for it, I'm gonna sit through all of it. Do you ever, you ever stop reading a book halfway through? Um, I only will stop reading a book if like, well, and given with today's devices, uh-huh. distractions, uh-huh. and all that business, I often will only get through even like a chapter. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. I just recently started being like, I'm not enjoying this book, and I'll give it to about halfway, and then and then stop. Wow. I can't do it with TV though yet. I hated the Umbrella Academy. Oh. On the old Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated that show. That show should have been so good, and it was poopy garbage. I sometimes only get to like the first episode, or like even ten minutes. I do like a ten minute rule. I'm like, if this has captivated my ten attention- minutes, yeah, it's bad. Don't sit, don't go see King Lear starring Glenda Jackson. That's a three-hour play. I sat through that entire play. Did you like it? I was. Well, we were in uh, sort of rear orchestra, but it was through um, uh, my friend Corbin. Um, I feel like you've met Corbin before, but maybe not. Corbin Blue from the Disney Channel. <laughs> Corbin Blue, who's in um, Kiss Me Kate, who's nominated for a Tony from the Disney Channel. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Oh my god, who knew? Yeah, check that shit out if I you don't want. Know, I don't I'm like seeing the that Tonys. on June or yeah, June twenty fifth. 26. Kiss, uh, the Tonys can kiss my Kate. There, I said it. Uh, <laughs> um, we've got wildly off track. So I, here's my thing, though. I love to digress because it just often leads you to new discoveries. This was digressception. I don't even remember <laughs> what we started talking about. I want to know more about your success. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You we just got back from Turkey. Just got as back an from actor. Turkey. I'm a working actor, which, you know, people say I'm an actor, but it's like, when was the last time you. Because basically, a working actor is you're, you're able to do acting. Whenever uh-huh. you want, as often as you want. That's a working actor. But great, granted, 
there's the whole idea of like, oh, you get paid to do that as well. Yes. yes. That's a perk. Very important. Often should just be a basic foundation with a working actor's life. Um, but sometimes you do it for the, you know, that whole meme that you see with like, hey, this is great exposure. Oh, great. My rent's worth like 800 exposures. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just love the chance to connect, to network. And who knows who's in the audience? Who knows who may see it if, you know, somebody records it, puts it up, you know, whatever the case may be. But like ever since, you know, when <laughs> Mike's your, your mic is going fine, through some depression fine, over there. Oh, um, uh, wait, tell me about Turkey. That's yes. all I want to know about. All you want. So Turkey, it was a 70 day tour. Jesus. But, but you were in Turkey for 70 days, 70 days. I left on January 31st of this year. Uh, and it was, uh, took a plane to London, Gatwick, and then, uh, went from Gatwick to Istanbul, and then we rehearsed the show for nine days. Funny enough, we were also doing Macbeth. Yeah. But it was a panto version, like farcical comedy as fuck. Wow. Yeah. Because you're presenting Macbeth to middle school and high school and to Turkish students on top who, you know, maybe have a, a, a relatively intermediate grasp of the English language, mm-hmm. but like having full-blown conversations can sometimes be tricky, but some students out there are super, super smart well like, and also shakespeare which isn't even like well this was like a no fear shakespeare version. Right, good, good, so good. it was a modern but like we did incorporate um a lot of the like you know famous lines from macbeth obviously but we only did the first 20 minutes and then we added like because it's a three and a half hour play when it's done sure. to it's you know best full out. yeah full out full out with uh jazz hands balls to the wall balls to the did wall. they did they heckle you did you go is this a dagger i see before me and they went no it was a it was a tie tour, so yeah, absolutely complete interaction, breaking the fourth wall. A what? A tie tour, tie standing for theater in education. Oh, uh, okay. So we have we have. I was like, you were in Turkey, you weren't in Thailand. Uh, what no, are you we weren't about? in Thailand. Oh, that that would have been fun. Um, a tie tie tour. A tie tie tour. A tie and tie tour. A tie and tie. A tie through tie. A tie. A t- oh god. A tie a tie, tie through tie. A tie for tie tie time tour. It's tie time. <laughs> it's tie, tie time. time. We did a tour, tour in Thailand. Thailand. Yes. Uh, I love goodness. it. I love it. Um, but they yes. heckled you, did they? Oh well, you, well I mean, we we encourage it because it's like the thing is, is the script was only twenty one pages, mm. and the show ran between fifty five minutes to an hour. Okay, so <laughs> we'd have much of a window, but okay, <laughs> it's a very large window to ask questions. So we'd often like say a line, and then we'd be like, "Hmm, let's uh, let's let's unpack this." Um. So what would you do? If you were the king of your own kingdom, that was verbatim one of the questions we would ask the audience. And oftentimes, nobody would like raise their hand. Uh, it was, you know, it was a lot of um, fishing for interaction. Mm-hmm. So that also keeps the clock going. So you can imagine on script interaction for four minutes, back on script, and doing this all throughout. And yeah. sometimes you'll get students that are like. I want world peace in my kingdom. You're like, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Don't come to America for a little bit, but yeah. let's talk about, you know, yeah, getting more world peace and all that good stuff. Um, and then who were you, Macbeth? Um, no, I was uh, Banquo and King Duncan. Oh, good. Yes. Good track. Good track. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Dies twice. Well, funny enough, in this version, Banquo doesn't die. He lives and inherits the throne. Oh, mm. Banquo is Macduff? Um, no, uh, just in this case. What happens to Macduff? So there's no Macduff. 
There's a lot of characters. There's, I think we only... Or not there. McDuff. Malcolm. Sorry. There I'm was dumb. no Malcolm That's either. what I mean is Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm's who inherits... Malcolm, Malcolm inherits the throne. By the way. That's Malcolm. If you haven't read it, Malcolm inherits. <laughs> we had a lady last night who, it, on the opposite side of the spectrum of assholes, who were literally starting out the show going, go screw yourself. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> very clever. Good. How does it feel to be off the internet for an hour? Um, uh... There was a lady who was sitting just like head, like chin in her hands, like enamored of the show, mouth agape, like watching the show. And halfway through, I heard her go, I got to read this play. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to be like, this is exactly what Shakespeare wrote. And when I say exactly, I mean, look at this. Look at everybody. We're all just. Oh, wait, but there's only one actor who's drunk. There's so only one actor who's drunk. But I mean, we're all, aren't we all little drunk drunk high on life you know drunk on life yeah whatever you fancy that's yeah. my excuse <laughs> for all the things when i talk to my doctor <laughs> he's like why are you drunk why are you drunk and he's like you gotta stop masturbating and i'm like why and he's like because i'm trying to give you a physical oh <laughs> i love that hey, joke. do you know you know why you have the doctors ask you to cough to the side when they hold your balls yeah uh to feel if they move why? It, it's Why? Basically, so you don't cough on them. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Well, they say turn and cough. Yeah, turn and cough. That's I mean, fine. there is a, a a reflex that happens down there that allows them to you know detect that, but it's mainly so that you're not just like open. Coughing. That's gross. What a gross thing. That's like when you see a very specific rule sign that's like no hockey sticks on Tuesday, and you're like, that's because somebody did that, <laughs> and the fact that they have to say that is because a lot of people coughed on them. Yeah. Ugh. Adults are so stupid. There's so much stupid stuff going on right now. Stupidity is just everywhere, Ugh. all the time. This is going out. We're recording on Friday, and this is going out on Wednesday. Okay. Do you think the world will be better by then? Hmm. Do you think people will listen to this episode and go, what are they talking about? Everything's, Everything's fine. Everything's fine a week later. But the thing is, with this current administration, every week feels like six months. Yep. So, no. It's yeah. It's just going to be. Or just with all the crap that's happening. It's just... It's the worst. I I broke my... I don't like to talk about politics. No. I don't like to talk about it at all. No. I really don't like to talk about it on social media. And we've never done it on the podcast. We can just say politics and just be like, they're stupid. Poli- politics are stupid right now. That's the only word for them. Yep. Um, but I feel like what I want to say about it is what I said on social media, which is the way that I feel comfortable... Uh, equating this is that it feels like a lot of politicians just need to go back to preschool for a while because a lot of those rules apply and you'll know this as an educator too right it's you can't you can't control somebody else's body only your own right keep your hands to yourself yeah and if somebody says that what you're doing is hurting them and they want you to stop you stop like those seem like pretty basic rules basic that 101 uh, on how to treat your fellow humans yep Yep, 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 yep. That's all. That's that was good. Politics was good. corner. Good PSA. Um, thank you. Um, how'd you get so successful, Andy? Yeah, because you're a working actor now, right? <laughs> I well, it's funny because you you become an actor in training when you decide that, like, you know, you say, hey, I think I may give this acting thing a whirl, you uh-huh. know? Because you, uh, you know, I'm a part of so many different you know, social media forums where people are, you know, you create a community. That's that's the hope in any of the industry that you work with that it eventually generates a, a strong positive um very creative and talented community yeah 
And uh, for me, I um, I didn't know that I wanted to be an actor right off the bat. I just knew it was fun. Okay. And I knew that I was not embarrassed in front of an audience. If anything, being the center of attention, if you will, mm. sort of like felt like a superpower, mm-hmm. kind of funny enough. Um, or just, you know, not being afraid to be me. Great. It's uh, a good I, skill. Hey, it's a great skill. So uh, I didn't decide I wanted to be an actor until I was like 13. Oh, you say that like it's so late. Well, for some, like, you know, they know right off the bat. I mean, you got kids in commercials at age six. Sure, but Megan, my fiance, Megan, who I don't know why I just introduced her as if you or the listening audience don't know who that is, but Megan, uh, she didn't know she wanted to do acting until, like, I think college. I think, like, maybe she had a hint of it in high school, but, like, yeah. And I honestly didn't know if acting would work out for me in that sense because my mother was my drama teacher so she directed me in pretty much every uh play that i did in high school and uh it was during high school in which i got very much interested in uh magic and actually there was like this magic opportunity to not the gathering but no magic magic. magician yeah and so i was asked to do a kid's birthday party the kid was turning like uh, six years old. Uh huh. And I did the kid's birthday party. And then. How old were you? I was 13. Hilarious. And after that, it's, I don't want to say spawn, but it, uh, it grew into a, a thing where I would do like little civic events. And then we'd have brochures. My, my dad was my assistant. Oh, funny my enough. God. Andy's dad is what we called. Tell me there are pictures of you as a 13 year old magician. Yeah, if you go to on your website, more about Andy. Shut Mack. up, shut up, shut up, shut no up. No joke, shut up. no joke. Oh my God. And go to. Whoa, um, first of all, who's first that? business was magical. That's me playing uh, Tauntaun Julian in Once on the Island. How bed. old are you? Oh, that was um, that was my. Uh, You've always been so tall, so tall and gangly. What a tall boy! First um, business was, was magical. magical. Yes. Um, so that was actually my oh. first professional headshot. What the fuck? For real, mystical McCain, magical Whoa. entertainment for children. Um, so I did that for four years, and then I stopped because I, you know, got into college. Woohoo! Um, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my dad created. Uh, all of these different promos, and we had this magic business for four years, and we've got so many different stories about just everything. But this is what really got me into improv and just entertaining and being comfortable doing that, but also getting paid at the same time for what I thought would simply be um, a hobby. But I was also a part of SAM, which is the Society of American Magicians. So I would hang out with other magicians that were far, far better than I. Wow. Like professional to the max. Um, and To the max. To the Mac, yes, um, but yeah, it was it was lovely. And then I think we did like 90, 96 or ninety seven performances total. I went off to college, and then I did like one or two, um, like when I came back during the summers and whatnot. But luckily, I managed to book like summer stock stuff all throughout my summer uh, um, sabbaticals, not really sabbaticals, um, but um, hiatuses. Uh, during um, the college years. Cool. So then I got uh, contracts to like repertory companies after I graduated. And so that had been going on for a good amount of time. So I always had really wanted to live in California too. Actually, my email address, my first email address that I started out with was Sir Hollywood 24 Oh. At Hotmail. Oh. Good old Hotmail. My. Sir Hollywood. Sir Hollywood. <laughs> That's Paul Hollywood's yeah, porn name. Right. Um, wow. Okay, but now you're in New York. 
I'm in and New you're York. You're in Turkey. What are you doing now? You're doing a show. You I'm doing uh, Peter and the Starcatcher. Shut up. Yeah, I'm That's so a excited. Good show. Um, I was in Turkey when I was looking at backstage, and I saw that uh, this was happening. It's happening at um, Wagner College, Stage One. Cool. Uh, with Sundog Theater Company. I don't know the show much. Are you Peter? No. Are you the Starcatcher? I'm a bit uh, too tall for that. And with Starcatcher, um, is there a character called Starcatcher? There, it's actually an occupation, if you will. It's Great. like a fantastical occupation that, um, in the play, Lord uh, Leonard Astor and Molly, who's the girl in the show, they mm-hmm. are Starcatchers. They have these really cool, like, I don't want to say, or not an orb, but like it's a, a pendant, a pendant sort of will. It's a, in in the in the play, the pendant lights up. Oh, to communicate and all oh. that business. Oh yeah. Are you a star? No, I'm playing Black Stash. Is that a pirate? Oh, yeah. Because it's very Peter Panny, right? That's oh, the, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So Christian Borrell played Black Stash in the new work, uh, New York Theater workshop of it, which eventually transferred to um, Broadway, and cool. he won a Tony for that role. That was his first Tony. Man, yeah. did you hear that car alarm that was I going did. on that, that whole time? That was incredible. It was so much car alarm. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wait, sh- yeah, it sounds like like three cars in one car. Like they're trying to communicate with each other. Like I thought this rain was gonna stop because it's been just. Oh, it's been so rainy. It it did not forecast rain today at all, and I'm walking. Alexa to your, did. Alexa forecast her this morning. It was a beautiful, bright morning. Yeah. And she said, "Lots of thunderstorms coming your way, Dick." And I was like, "Alexa, <laughs> don't don't, don't do that. call me that." I told you not oh to call goodness. me that in front of Megan. Um. Well, cool. So. So I mean, I guess um, has this all like so you you were a teenage music musician magician <laughs> yes. magician you were a teenage magician I was a teenage magician oh yeah is the name of your autobiography oh yeah yeah, yeah. I was a teenage magician. Um, <laughs> and then you went to college and then you came straight to New York no actually I I knew that I was not going to be ret. Or ready for New York. That's a ret. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Is this thing, uh, R-E-T, ret. We always would say like... Is that what the kids are saying? No, oh, this was like what I picked up like in my travels and whatnot around the... Because I started off going to South Carolina. That was my first like repertory job. And then I did a quick stint in Florida. And then I went to California for a year. Mm. And then I went back to Colorado where I had worked uh, for the Lake Dillon Theater Company. Um, great, great theater. Uh, and then I went back down to Florida again to do a nine month apprenticeship with Florida studio theater, which is where I like sort of built up my EMC points. Um, and then after I finished with that contract, then I went to New York and I worked with, uh, um, Pennsylvania Shakespeare festival. Uh, and that was also when I was, uh, when I was in Florida, there was this company that was auditioning at one of those unified audition things where all the repertory companies from Florida go. But this company was from Buenos Aires. Oh. And it was called Artspot Educational Theater. Artspot. And let me tell you this. I, they were not in the room when the cattle call was happening, when everybody was doing their auditions. But a friend of mine, through the apprenticeship, got called back through them because we were at different numbers throughout the audition. And he's like, oh, no, there was this company that uh, called me back. And, like, I just I just don't think I want to travel at this point in my life. And I was like, oh, I do. I do. And so he's like, well, here's their card. And so I sent the artistic director at the time an email. And five weeks later, not hearing anything, and I'm like, you know what? Hey, that's, uh, that's fine. But then I hear from him, and he's like, hey, uh, 
I don't know if anybody's gotten back to you, but we've looked at your stuff and we'd love to, you know, work with you sometime. And I was like, great, let me know what else you need. And so I just sent him more um, visual uh, aids, <laughs> visual aids <laughs> demo reels, all that good stuff, yeah. uh, singing stuff. And then I got offered a tour uh, for six months traveling to 13 different countries. Whoa. Uh, and that was the start of like being a traveling international tour actor for me. Right. And I did two, basically, I worked for two different companies back to back for two different years. Um, so I would do Art Spot, and then I came back and I did Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival, uh, the Willpower Tour, which is a great festival that, you know, does actual Shakespeare, like heightened language, all that good stuff. But they do an 80 minute cutting and go to all these middle schools and high schools cool. uh, throughout Pennsylvania, Delaware, and I forget where else we went, but mostly those two. It's like a, a three a three state tour most of the time. Um, but yeah. And then after all of that, I sort of uh, went home for a little bit and like sort of processed. Home, which is? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes. I live in Mequon, Wisconsin, a little bit north of Milwaukee. Do you consider New York a uh, home yeah. then? Yeah. I uh, actually celebrated my uh, fourth year anniversary on April nice. 20th. Holy shit. Yeah. I... What day is it? It's the 17th. I'm three days away from my seven years in New York Congra- City. A lot of people are hitting their seven. Congrats. Yeah. A lot, a lot of my of friends. I, I, mean, I don't want to say a lot of people. A lot of people here in New York hitting seven years. A lot of them. Who knows? Probably. Um, but you still consider you consider New York home? Yes. Feels like you've been out of it more than you've been in it. Well, it's funny because I, I like to go where the work is, but there's definitely a, a good hub of work in New York to sure. get. There's a little theater here. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of theater. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I, you know, I haven't moved out to LA. I was out in LA for like two months and then it was just very superficial. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, like you LA. Get, you get superficiality wherever you go. I slept a lot better in LA than I do in New York. Yeah. I just don't like driving. I like driving. Mm. But I don't like traffic. True. So. I don't mind driving. Because I grew up in Kentucky, me. right? Oh, okay. So I love gotcha. driving on the back roads and yeah. playing your music. I think I think I would do all right in LA. Megan despises it though so yeah uh if i ever if if you ever see that i'm going to la <laughs> it's uh it's by myself the journey to discover new things yep um or if, you know if she books something she'd go but i don't think she wants to live there uh-huh. i want to go our friend uh on ortiz should i say that i'm friends with on ortiz i'm friends with on ortiz um she has a place in la and she's like whenever you want to come you can come and i'm like Megan, we should go do it we should just go for a little bit just to see uh i can't leave new york because i think i would like anywhere else than new york and if i went somewhere else i would be like well fuck new york i'm not going back there (laughs) yeah no i've never i've never got like even being here for this long you know you feel like you may know everything all the places but there's still so many things that i'm like no i've never been here or oh what's this street i've never and there's just so much but then again you know you realize how small the world is once you or how small the New York is really once you go out and just like travel and see like, sure, for oh, sure. this could be like a street in New York. It's got enough street art graffiti or you know, enough tags all around. Yeah. What was your favorite? Were you all around in different places in Turkey? Or were you just in Istanbul? Yeah, we did. We did over about over 20 cities. I was so close to Turkey. I didn't go in. I had friends who went in. I was in Bulgaria for a while in college. Yeah. And I should have gone. Did you like, you liked Turkey? Yeah, I love Turkey. I mean, I th- that was my that Learning tour Turkish. was my third time. Um, I do a little bit. What did you learn? Um, so uh, to say thank you. Uh huh. To Shikula. To Shikula. Yes. To Shikula sounds like Yiddish. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then to say hello is Merhaba. Oh, 
Does it have what alphabet does it got? Uh, it's it uses. Does it got the Cyrillic alphabet? Cyrillic, uh, in, well, it, does they, it? They've got um, they use a lot of uh, I want to say <laughs> I don't know what the actual term would be, but uh, if you took a colon and put it on its back, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh, umlauts, uh, the two dots, yeah, yeah, yeah the two yeah, dots, umlauts. yeah, yeah, um, Turkish alphabet. There you go. And then they've got like S's with tails and C's with tails. Cool. <laughs> That's how I teach. Oh no, it's 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 a Latin alphabet. Okay, okay. Um, but it does have C with a tail and S with a tail and G with a ooh with a uh, loop over with a little uh, semicircle moon. over it. Yeah. And then it's got eyes, eyes, eyes capital I's with dots. On. That's why I always thought capital it was funny. dots with eyes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. O's with. Over the O and a U with a umlaut. Yeah. Um, cool. Look at all these fun letters. Yeah. <sighs> good. Good, good, good. good. I'm lear- uh, wait. The, well, and there's the cool part is, is that there's just, obviously, there's so much history with every country in the world, but with Turkey, it's just like stuff that's there dates back to the year 100. I know. It's gore. And like Ephesus, if you ever get a chance, go to Ephesus because Great. they have the actual statue that the brand nike was based on wow which is so crazy i love stuff like that yeah uh, we were we were were we hmm, interesting when we were in bulgaria yeah we went to the river that the river sticks is based off of oh yeah and i was just like oh, this is so cool it's that's also sad. it's also old it's so old and it was so it was just so beauty uh, beautiful to see um all this i mean i i had been to Ephesus before but there are certain places that if you return to them again there's something that is succeeding in your life mm. there there's there's a definition of success when you can go back to the favorite places that you visit and they have the grand library at um Ephesus one of the most gorgeous structures i have ever witnessed nice and the fact that i got to see that again cuz i mean you take a picture of something and you have it. You know the memory from then. But when you can return to that experience, to you know what gave you all sorts of inspiration and whatnot, or just how lucky you felt in that moment, it's just so rejuvenating. And I loved it. And it was great. Nice. Yeah. Well, what's what's your advice for success? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like I mean, from the, an outside perspective, and from just the conversation we've had today, it seems pretty easy for you has it been uh no success is never easy i mean sure it is i mean if you're born into it maybe well yes definitely then definitely but then. also there are plenty of times in life when success I mean, is just someone going like hey do this and you go okay i mean most of the time as an actor you feel success for about three months yeah uh unless you you know you book a broadway contract where you're there for however long that show is and if you renew you know you got like or a nine month tie tour two <laughs> Uh, in my case, it was a two-month, but I've done uh, a six-month Thai tour. Oh, yeah. Turkey was only two months? That's right, 70 days. You yeah, said that. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I measure it just based on, like, am I happy? Am I happy with what I'm doing? Because if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you shouldn't put yourself through something miserable. It's, good. it's, a, good, it's a good argument. Yeah. Right? It's the, same as, it's the same as the TVs and movies and books one, though, right? Like, how long should you spend doing something that doesn't make you happy? Uh, it's true. Uh, just in case it might make you happy later. I guess for me, I want to feel happy when I spend money on something. So 
I, I have had those experiences where if I'm paying for something, hopefully I will find it enjoyable. Um, but if I don't find it enjoyable, I still, I haven't gotten out of the kink of um, saying, no, I paid for this. I what need if to you're getting paid to do something and you don't find it enjoyable? Ah. Then um, what? I mean, with every job I've had, there have been certain elements that I don't find enjoyable. Sure. I mean, I am not a morning person. <laughs> I'm definitely a night owl. So, I mean, there. I think it was the third to last day of the tour. I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, no. No. That's a bathroom situation in Turkey. So they have, uh, like, standing yeah. toilets where yeah. you basically squat. And then they offer you, like, a little pitcher of water to flush your... Your feces. I can't it. get down with that. I no. Just... Well, and actually, squatting is healthy. You heard of the squatty? I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I love know. a good squatty potty, but it's different. There's it a, is. There's a sense of security that comes with sitting on the toilet. <laughs> it's true. And I won't give it up. And my mic's still drooping. God damn. Sorry. Alan, it's fine. It's not you. It's me. All right. Oh. Um, Alan's our editor. Does this, ha- this one, Mike have a name? No, no, Alan's the editor. It's not the name of the microphone. Alan's our editor and our producer. That's and whenever great. I say things like that on the podcast, he hears it and he go and he sends me an email and says, Do you want me to get your new mics? And I go, No, why? <laughs> I figured at this point you may have named your microphone. I just already. sit at weird angles. Do you have I'm, a name for the three skulls here? Or are they no, all? but I was thinking about that during this recording that those three skulls are still there. Those are the skulls we used for Hamlet. And Yay. I put those out there on that bookshelf. Uh, just because I was like unpacking all the props and stuff, and Megan walked in the room and got scared by them, and was like, "Those aren't staying there, are those?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm just, I'm just putting them, I'm just putting them there. I just put them there to freak you out." Four months later, <laughs> by the way, can I just say I'm very, I'm very upset that I because I had just gotten back from tour when you finished your run of uh, Hamlet and mm-hmm. Ophelia, and mm-hmm. I gotta ask you. Uh-huh. You don't gotta ask me shit. I'm the interviewer. I know, but I want to know this thing. Right. What is that switch like? Doing Hamlet and Ophelia? Yeah. Um, the way that I think I've summed it up most succinctly is that they start the play at such different places. Right. Uh, both of which we sort of gave ourselves the advantage uh, with. So we started the play seating the audience, Megan and I talking to people just as ourselves, as David and Megan, what brings you here? I'm playing this role tonight, mm-hmm. um, which for Ophelia is very useful because Ophelia gets to just start the play happy, go right. into court, get to see Hamlet, everything's fine, and then like immediately plummets into bad times. Hamlet has to start the play in a much more difficult place to access, which is this like facade of everything's fine but it's not fine inside. And so greeting the audience that way makes it really easy to do like, I'm pretending everything's fine, but it just takes a lot more like, quote unquote, acting than mm-hmm. Ophelia does. So, you know, as much as we tried to make the whole process very equitable, I think both of us felt that doing Ophelia was basically getting the night off. Because <laughs> like, it's 20% the stage time and it's, you know, while it's hard, it's got a lot more time to get there. I would right. spend a lot of intermission getting ready for the mad scene in Act 2. Um, whereas for Hamlet, you're just like, go, now, be there now, yeah. <laughs> and then be somewhere else in the next scene. Um, it was fun. I'll do it for you sometime. Yay. Um, boy, concrete your advice. Yes. Into... Into, if you, if you find that what you're doing in life mm-hmm. makes you happy, and you can also get paid for that, hey, voila. Um, also that airplane. You can probably hear the airplane. It's okay though. Yeah, no, it's great. No, I just love it because it 
The sound is just... Oh, because you got the headphones on, yeah. I do. No, I wanted the headphone experience Mm. for sure. Um, So do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. And, um, I mean, obviously the, you know, I think perseverance is, you know, because every single day I wake up and I submit to three different projects, three different, you know, reps, three... I mean, not that three is the magic number, but you have to do... You have to feed your career. You have to invest in yourself and, you know... I did go several years in my mid twenties, like going, Oh, I can't do this because it costs money. Mm. Um, so you have to take that step back and go, is this a good investment for me? And because as an actor, you are the product. And I mean, eventually if you, you know, get that success, you can be endorsed and all that business. So you are selling a product, but you're also being the seller of the product yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like your your own pimp. Yes, I love it. Um, but yeah, no, I for me, uh, I have truly enjoyed traveling the world. Good. And uh, I wouldn't have gotten those opportunities had I not been persistent about what I wanted to do. And I think it's just whatever I want to do, if, if I say, okay, what are the steps to get there? I mean, there's all these great books on success, obviously. But for me, whatever it is I want to do, I'm going to try to do it and if i can get the if i can get the opportunity to do it all the better but also if it takes a little bit of time to get to that opportunity i'm going to keep going at it and going at it because you know yolo baby yeah all right let's end it my name is david andrew laws this has been dressed for the podcast you want my guest today has been andy mccain thank you andy for being here thanks david thank you you. to dimly wit our fucking amazing network that I love so much. Uh, you can go to dimlywit.com to hear this podcast as well as others like Bad Examples with Tracy DeMarco and Jessica Romano, uh, Dallas People Alive, Breadfruit Juice, Shorts, Standby. God, there's so many podcasts. So many. Oh, my goodness. I'm st- I've, I'm pitching to Alan two new podcasts soon. Oh, yeah. So maybe maybe get you'll it. get to hear more of this fucking yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> thank you to our Patreon supporters, Laura St. Pierre and uh, Patrick Marin. Did you say Laura St. Pierre? She's our, she's our primo Patreon donor. Love her. And she she's the best. She's so great. I love Laura. Um, go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Go to Twitter. Uh, uh, to check all this garbage out, and yeah, that's it. Andy, go see Andy. Hey, come see me and Peter in the Peter Starcatcher Star at Black Stash, opening uh, June fourteenth and running to the twenty third. Dope. All that stuff will be in the description. Yeah, it'll be so good. Thanks for having me. Give man. us a little. Give us a little. Peter and Starcatcher. Hit me up on Insta at AndyMac nineteen eighty five. Nice. <laughs> Do you have to put on a pirate voice for Peter and Starcatcher? Um. Interestingly enough, the director has me going in like I don't have to go as over the top as I would like as I'm used to going to, Uh and then finding like for the more piratey parts being a little bit more like the Joker. What What does he want you to do? Give me an example. Say, Um, get your hands off my doubloons. (laughs) Get your hands off my doubloons. And what do you want to (laughs) do? I mean, that's, I don't say that line ever, but, um, get your hands off my doubloons! Hosted on dimlywit.com.